another episode of Good Morning Camera, the podcast dedicated, dedicated, the only reason this podcast exists, okay, I could add more adjectives, but I'll save you the time, the podcast dedicated to headlining topics in the camera and creator world, I am your host Gadget, and as always, joined by my friend, my compadre, my brother in arms over here, Anthony, Anthony, how are you doing? (laughs) Uh, well, I'm still recovering from the Sam Newton Nikon diss track. Uh, I think Ooh. we'll touch we'll touch on this uh, in a bit. But really, Ooh. a potato? Oh man, <laughs> I, I'm, oh, I'm man. not a Nikon shooter, but oh my gosh, bro, that was that was yeah, harsh. We got we got to talk about this. We got to talk about this. But listen, we're going to talk about a lot of things this episode because the Sony team has released a brand new camera. We're going to talk about that. There's some speculations and rumors coming out of the Nikon world on their next flagship top tier Mm -hmm. camera we're going to talk about if that might be the best mirrorless camera on the market but first we're going to talk about tamron and them developing some new aps-c lenses Mm -hmm. for the sony mount and the fuji mount so what are the details of this lens yeah so this is a this is an interesting one this is an 18 to 300 millimeter lens uh and it's got an aperture of 3.5 on the short end and 6.3 when you're all the way zoomed out what's interesting is this is the first aps-c lens to have a 16 by 6 times zoom um and Tamron, they're saying that it's got this like linear focus mechanism, the VXD, it stands for Voice Coil Extreme Torque Drive, whatever the heck that means. That, it must uh, mean it's good. I just like, hey, it, just it trust sounds, marketing, right? It sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. But they're saying that it's going to provide superior quietness and agile performance. Mm, mm. So this is interesting. You know, this is this is going to be exciting. To see what what kind of comes down the line, whatever quietness you were expecting, folks, it's <laughs> superior to that. It's, um, it's you know voice coil, extreme torque quietness. <laughs> I mean, is this a car <laughs> or a lens, uh, Anthony? I, gotta, I mean, we we got to talk about this because Tamron they've been hitting a few home runs recently. Whenever they've released a mm-hmm. lens, uh, especially for the E mount, it's been value packed. Quality yeah. has been great. Uh, and the and you know extremely affordable compared to the market. And here exactly. we are with another option, right? Mm-hmm. What strikes me the most is that you know it wasn't too long ago Fujifilm was not opening up uh, their mounts to third-party manufacturers. They gone ahead, went against that. They opened it up. They're now inviting third-party manufacturers. You see this like swell of new lenses being announced. Voigtlander, we talked about her a little while ago, and now mm-hmm. Tamron. This is probably the most important one. And you have something here, 18 to 300. Okay, so that's about equivalent of 27 to 450 millimeter equivalent focal length in the 35 millimeter format. Mm -hmm. This is, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you're someone that's traveling, if you're someone that's going to be shooting um, wildlife, but you're kind of getting started, you know, or if you're doing sports with your kids, um, or maybe even some amateur sports, like this seems like a value-packed lens. Like if you're not being paid to shoot content you're doing it more as a hobby as an enthusiast for yourself and you kind of want one lens that does it all and you're Mm -hmm. outdoors and there's a lot of available light more often than not i mean this is a killer lens yeah yeah exactly that's it you nailed it exactly it's the lens that you know you want to take on vacation uh and it's going to do everything 
pretty well, you know, and if there's lots of light, uh, 6.3 is no biggie. Uh, when you're zoomed all the way out, now, I mean, even if you slap that on a decent camera like Fuji X-T3, like the, the low light performance on that camera is, is pretty great. So you can uh, make some, make a few things happen with this lens. And that is a good point that you made too, is they're all like the Tamron lenses that they've come out for Sony and like E-mount, so affordable, man. Like the 28 to 75, 17 to 70, those are like a thousand dollars, right? Yeah. So like... I mean, I'm so excited to see what comes down the line for the Fuji X system because they really did crush it for the Sony lineup. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to test this out and hopefully our friends uh, at Tamron can send us a lens to test out, you know, when it's available and, and when we can mm -hmm. actually see what it does in the field. What interests me, what, well, not what interests me, but what I'm curious about, I should say, is the size and weight of it. Because the pictures, yeah. it's hard to really tell. It's supposed to have a 67 millimeter uh, filter thread size. Oh, but wow. it doesn't say the weight, you know, how many uh, optical elements are in there. So I'd like to see how it actually looks like on an X-T4, X-T3 and how it actually feels when you're handling it. But enough about Tamron. Future Gadget here, just to interject before we get on with the show. Uh, this episode was actually brought to you in part by Canon Canada. And here's the thing. Let me be honest. They didn't give me anything to read. That is incredible trust, my folks. Imagine a company saying, hey, we want to sponsor your show. We're not going to give you anything to read. You can say whatever you want. Whoo, that's a lot of trust. And in that, I'm just going to tell you the truth. The truth is, Canon Canada is an amazing partner to work with. Every month, we're going to try to put on a new workshop with them. We just had one a few days ago with Steve Russell of the Toronto Star. We were talking about street photography, photojournalism. We had over 100 people join this online event. It was a free workshop. If you want to know more about the upcoming workshops, go to henrys.com slash events. We have another one scheduled for August 18th. And I'll tell you, they're just a lot of fun. You get to talk with two professional creators, ask your questions in the chat. And we do make a recording available afterwards for those that, you know, didn't join in time. Anyone that signed up for the event, you can watch at your own leisure, leisure, leisure. See, this is why we need copies, so I know whether to say leisure or leisure. Um, you can watch in your own time afterwards if you can't make the event. Canon Canada, thank you so much for sponsoring the show. Hey, hey, you know what? Listen, I got to use the RP and R6 again just a few days ago. Uh, we're working on a video called Top three tips for outdoor portraits. And I got to pick whatever camera I wanted to use. And you know what? I, I asked for the RP and the R6, the Canon RP, a phenomenal full frame camera, incredibly affordable RF mount. I also took the R6, amazing low light, both of them, phenomenal autofocus, face detection, eye detection. It worked incredibly well in the field. I'm so excited for that video. I can't wait to share that with you. But again, Canon, look, they didn't, they didn't tell me what to say. Okay, they came to us and they say, say whatever you want to say. Just know we're sponsoring the show. Okay, so there you have it. Thank you, Canon Canada. And now back to the show. Because we got to talk <laughs> about something else. And this tracks be damned. We're still going to talk about Nikon here. Because, um, and again, we're getting on the rumor train for this one. Nothing is confirmed. This is the rumor train. Yeah. All right, we got our tickets in advance. The Nikon Z9, which is rumored to be the next flagship from Nikon that embodies their sort of D6 design, right? With the integrated grip. Well, mm -hmm. they have some pretty astonishing specs to go around with this. 45 megapixel full frame center sensor, mm -hmm. 30 frames per second shooting. Uh, this is supposed to be able to shoot 16-bit raw images, right? Where most cameras typically shoot around 14. 
right? Yeah. 8K 30P recording, 4K 120. Um, there's a brand new processing engine that's supposed to come along with this with much improved AF tracking. And from what we see here, the native ISO goes up to 25,600 with a blackout-free EVF that has 5.76 million dots. Okay, this is this is kind of nuts. But <laughs> let's just say that the Nikon Z9 ships with these kinds of specs. First, mm -hmm. what stands out to you most? Out of all of this, what stands out to you most? Yeah, so Gadget and I were uh, kind of alluding to the Sam Newton video, the Nikon diss track. It's kind of hilarious because like we were talking about this yesterday, Nikon is a little bit more relevant <laughs> today than they have been in the last couple of years. And this camera is exactly that. Like what doesn't stand out on this spec sheet? Like that's the real question here. Uh, <laughs> that, that's a, hey, that's a top tier way to dodge the question. But I'm going to force you to pick one. If you got yeah. if you, what 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 interests you the most as a creator? <laughs> so, AK and 4K 120 and that's not going to be a crop. So, Sam Newton take notes. Uh I think he's shooting Canon uh 4K <laughs> uncropped. <laughs> uh it's not going to overheat, I could tell you that. That's for sure. <laughs> uh this is going to be an interesting one, uh but it's definitely the AK and 4K 120, I can't wait to see what Nikon does with that because they're killing it with the video lately. Uh, all of like the the recent releases, Z6 Mark II, Z6 was so killer uh, for video and made a huge splash in the video realm. So if I had to choose one, it's got to be the 8K, 4K, 120 kind of combo there. That's pretty sick. Yeah, you know, 8K, definitely interesting, and I'd love to see what it looks like in practice. For me mm -hmm. personally, I'm primarily an image maker, and it's the 16-bit raw images. I, I'd like to see, you know, what that tonality looks like. And, and you know, yeah. just to kind of uh, break it down for someone that's not sure, most of these cameras, they'll do 12-bit or 14-bit raw images, and that just gives you how much color is there. And mm -hmm. as you go from 12, 14, 16, it's logarithmic. So you're getting exponentially more color depth. That means when you're shooting people, photographing people, uh, just in case, you know, uh, someone takes it the wrong way. When you're photographing <laughs> people, okay, the tonality of the skin, how it goes from the darkest points to the lightest points, you just have more information there, especially in commercial photography, fashion photography, uh, high-end portraiture. That makes all the difference. So, you know, what I'm most excited about is when this camera gets announced, if it actually delivers on these things, is taking it into a studio and mm -hmm. really pushing it and seeing what it can do when you have someone on the other side, especially when you're uh, photographing people with uh, different kinds of skin tones, different shades. Mm -hmm. This is where it really makes all the difference. And when you're bringing it back in post to kind of tweak the colors, change it, shift it, edit it, lots of information there. So that's what I'm most excited about. Uh, one more thing before we go to the next topic, though. Mm -hmm. If this camera ships with these specs, okay? Yeah. <laughs> And I'll preface this, but yes, there's always hyperbole on YouTube and the tech space, but does this make this the best mirrorless camera on the market, quote unquote? The best doesn't technically exist. Yeah, you know, there's the best for each person and their solution. But let's yeah. just entertain this question a little bit, right? If this camera ships with these specs, is it the best one on the market? 
I honestly, I've said this multiple times to people in like Henry's camera stores all the time. If I were forced to go away from Fuji, I would go Nikon, man. Like they're they're killing it. They're doing some cool stuff. Uh, and I think if they could really nail like the autofocus, um, I'd say, yeah, this could be the best camera out there. And this is what I was thinking about this morning, okay? Canon just released the R3. They didn't say, they, they, I think they said it was like a entry level 1DX camera, right? But it's like a Nikon, pre-announcement. It's not. It's not. It's a pre-announcement. Yeah. 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 So we don't have all the specs, but I'm kind of like this is where we're at right now. R three, Z Z, you know, nine, right? And it, mm-hmm. it, this looks like a serious camera. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, so Nikon is throwing it all out here. And uh, I was reading this article this morning, and it said, uh, this is on DP Review. You can look this up. The headline of this article is, Metadata from the Olympic Photographer Photos suggests the uh, R3 will have a 24-megapixel sensor. So if we're looking at these two kind of recent releases and kind of comparing the two here, you know, I'm saying the Z9 is going to destroy the R3, and it's going to force Canon to release something that's bigger and better than the R3 to kind of compete. And that's why I think, like, if you're not looking at the Z9 right now, what else are you looking at? You know what mm, I mean? Mm. Interesting answer. Is okay. Let me let me try to answer. I don't <laughs> think the R3 is meant to compete with this. I think yeah. that reading the tea leaves and the number of prime numbers that are available as you get closer to zero, that <laughs> the idea of a Canon R1. That is uh-huh. closer to this Z9 and what it can do and its performance. I think that's I think that's in the future. If I had to put a little yeah. bit of money on that, there's but something coming down the this. road. Let's just camp. talk about this Z9. This comes out. This is available. You know this. You know Q4 of this year. Is mm-hmm. it the best on the market? I would say it, my answer is more yes than no. Yeah. The only thing that kind of holds me back from saying completely unabashedly yes is the usability of the product you know what's interesting to me is that if you wanted 45 megapixels right if you want that mm-hmm. you can get that in a much smaller form factor with an r5 or an alpha one right yeah if you want a 16-bit raw images and that's a value thing for you well you can go to something like a gfx 100s which is around the same price point and get that kind of depth but at 102 megapixels. If you want 8K recording, well, you know, you can, again, look at the Alpha One, but there's also video-centric solutions. What's unique about the Z9 is it does all of this all in one body, and I think that's what makes it sort of the best camera that might be available if it theoretically ships with all these specs, right? Yeah. Again, we, have to, and we have to look at what it, what, what it can actually do execution-wise. Yeah. But I, I think... This sort of one camera that does it all, you gotta you gotta weigh that against how it actually feels in the hand, the sort of ergonomics that go along with it. Um, yeah. Because at, at this sort of integrated grip, this kind of size, uh, it's it's a bit it's a bit much for a lot of applications outside of photography, right? And yeah. even then, it's really some select photography environments. It is. It's a, it's that workhorse 
beat somebody up with this camera. It's got the beat somebody up with it <laughs> kind of seal of approval, right? Like this is like your Olympic style uh, photo camera, but it also does killer video. And that's that's what the what's so hype about this camera, right? Yeah. Uh, there's so many, so many good things about the, what Nikon is doing right now. But I think we have to move on to the opposite side of the food chain here because Sony had that announcement, mm, Gadget. Mm, and what is mm. what is going on hey, that's, with Sony? That's a professional broadcast segue, <laughs> folks. You see that? You see how opposite side did that? of the food chain. Take Let's notes, Gadget. Let's go. Let's Sony ZV-E10. What is going yes. on here? Yes. Sony <laughs> has announced the ZV-E10. Um, this is sort of, in my eyes, the step up from the ZV-1 um, that Sony released with a uh, mm -hmm. fixed camera. This is an APS-C camera, interchangeable lens, available in black and white, 24 megapixel sensor, again, APS-C. And this one is focused on the vlogger, the content creator, the aspiring YouTuber, right? Where you have better directional audio, a fully flip, uh, articulating LCD display. It does have the older menu system of the ZV, uh, sorry, of the, of the previous Sony cameras. It doesn't have the new one that the A7S III ushered in. That being mm -hmm. said, you get that phenomenal autofocus that Sony is known for. You know, this product is, showcase too. That was a key feature that a lot of people really liked. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they've they've built out their E mounts with a ton of options, but there's also some great APS-C options for the E mount as well, available from Sony. Not to mention third parties as well. I got I gotta say when I when this camera was announced, it seems like the noise online was kind of all over the place. And there's a mm -hmm. bunch of people that are clamoring for Sony to announce a Sony A7 IV. Look, we get it. But at the end of the day, uh, camera manufacturers can't afford to miss. And they're doing a lot of product research before they announce these things. And this looks mm -hmm. like an answer to the demand. Like, it's still hard to get most Sony cameras. Like, supply chains are tied up. It's hard to get these things. And the things that seem to be most in demand are for people that are looking to graduate from a DSLR or a mobile device and find this kind of small portable solution to allow them to tell their story better. Um, you know, the article from Petapixel highlights this, but, you know, 29% uh, of children, I think it's more now, but 29% uh, of children ages 10, uh, 8 to 12 aspire to become a YouTuber. And this is from 2019. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine it's way higher now. You know, oh, yeah, when this sure. is kind of the MO out there, when this is the uh, the... the trend out there a camera like the sony zv e10 is far mm -hmm. more interesting from a manufacturer than another a7 IV. yes the a7 IV is going to sell like hotcakes but let's not deny the fact that a product like this might actually push more units and expand sony's you know market share in a real way mm-hmm a hundred percent. Yeah, you nailed it. It this this is the perfect little small ca compact camera for vloggers and YouTubers. Somebody who just wants to run around with a really compact setup uh, and take advantage of that built-in microphone. You know, you don't have to add something crazy like the Rode VideoMic Pro Plus with the furry windscreen. That thing's massive, but it gives like great quality sound. But it is it's huge and it looks funny on like some of the smaller mirrorless cameras with the uh the zve10 
Like that's, it's not always necessary to have an external mic. It gives you the option, uh, but it's not necessary with this new mic. I love that they put in that uh, ZV-1 style built-in microphone on this camera. And I think this is going to be cool. It's going to be interesting to try out and see what it actually is like. I was watching some reviews and like YouTubers who already have it right now. And like the quality of footage looks really good for like what it is right this is combining the zv1 and a 6000 series camera the one thing that i thought i don't know what i was expecting gadget i i'm i'm expecting i was expecting probably too much out of this but i was a little bit disappointed to see the old 6000 series battery uh in this camera even though you know i don't know what i was expecting like there's no way you'd answer i can give you an answer (laughs) yeah i mean i think i think the answer is quite simply you know they're using uh, existing supply chains, existing products, and repurposing it with a few upgrades go. to make sure that this one has a good enough profit margin that they can <laughs> manufacture enough of them. Um, and they can also uh, make it available at a price point for people, you know, at that sub $1,000 price point, US, um, that, pe- that that feels more palatable for that creator, that, that aspiring creator, I should say. And that's, mm-hmm. that's why. Right. Like, you know, when people go through these spec sheets and I'm not saying you, I'm, I'm saying more of these uh, Internet personalities. <laughs> Let's say it that <laughs> yeah. way. Right. And they're airing their personal grievances. I think it's a little out of touch because, you know, they almost look at it for themselves as opposed mm-hmm. to looking at it for the market. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think this is going to sell like crazy. And also part I of agree. it is that. Sony's going to put a lot of marketing behind this because I think they want this to be more of a success than even a Sony A6400 maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. My biggest problem, and we'll end it off on this. You know what my biggest problem (laughs) with this camera is? Is the name. It's the name. (laughs) I get get acronyms. Sony, I get it. Every time I talk to you guys, you have an answer. Each letter stands for something. (laughs) I'm just telling you from the bottom of my heart, I don't care. Just, you know what it should be? I'll I, tell you right now. I'll tell you right yeah. now, Anthony. I got the answer for you. You know what this is? They should just have a letter for the segment. You got the A series. This should just be the V series. Vlog yeah. It. That's it. Exactly. And then exactly. put a number next to it. That's all. <laughs> you got three letters and two numbers. You heard, Come on. You, you heard the little pause before, like when I was like doing my little spiel there, the pause before the ZV, uh, yeah. finding it in my notes again, E10. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> what, Get it together. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, why are you making it hard for us to enjoy your products? Make it yeah. easy for us consumers to talk about it, to say it, own the search engine results. Let, let's so let's true. make this an initiative for Sony. You guys nailed autofocus, okay? You guys <laughs> nailed these hybrid cameras. Next on the list should be the naming. We just Get renamed everything yeah. going you, into 2022. You've, <laughs> you've you've reorganized the menu. Like, come on, yes. okay? You you've yes. got the menu down, and let's just let's move on. What's next on the list? Let's fix the name. <laughs> yeah, Sony's marketing team is just disgusted with us right now. Uh, they're they're terrified. Yeah, they're sending <laughs> sending us complaint mail. <laughs> enough of them. Enough of all of that. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're not done yet because it's actually the most exciting part of the show. It is time for creator draft picks. I feel like we should get like a a mid episode theme, like a tune. <laughs> A song for this kind of thing but until i agree that, uh you know what i'm gonna let you go first this time 
I'm going to let you go okay. first because I don't know what you got here. So I'm going to let you <laughs> go first, Anthony. What is your creator draft pick this week? For sure. So yesterday we actually sat in on a presentation from Canon uh, and we sat down with a photographer from the Toronto Star. His name was Steve Russell uh, and uh, really interesting photographer, really cool photos. He just captured like unique images that, you know, you would only get by just pure grinding it out in the street every single day, every single night. And that's what he talked about. He's uh, He said multiple times, uh, you know, I got to have my cameras with me. If I don't have my cameras with me, I, I see too many photos that I miss. And it actually reminded me of Joel Merowitz, a uh, mm. very popular photographer. He had similar like yep. images to, to what I saw from Joel, right? Uh, very unique moments. Um, and if you haven't checked out uh, Steve Russell, you should do so. But that is not my creative draft pick because I was thinking about what is the gear that stops a lot of photographers from carrying their cameras with them all the time. And it's usually because the camera is too big or the lenses are too big. So that's why my creator draft pick this week is a 35 millimeter full frame equivalent lens. So if you're on a crop sensor, you get yourself the 23 or the 24 millimeter lens. It's the the one focal length that can pretty much do it all. You can go out, shoot portraits, shoot the cityscapes, landscapes. You can do it all with that focal length, but it's the most compact lens across the board for any manufacturer. Uh, and it'll actually make it a little bit easier for everybody to carry that camera every single day, just like Steve Russell and Joel Mayerwitz. Yeah. So yeah. that's it. How am I going to argue with a 35 millimeter equivalent lens? If that's not part of your kit, hey, yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to judge you, but I would put up a, a heavy argument that you should have that in your kit. Um, yeah. Great pick, man. Great pick. I, I love the 35 millimeter equivalent focal length. That's my favorite. I like it because you can shoot it like a 50. You can go a little bit wider. Um, yeah. The 20, it always feels a little bit wider than, you know, that difference between 28 and 35. And I think that has to do with the angle of view as well. So let's not get too nerdy. 35, get it. Add it to your kit. Um, yeah. My pick is far more expensive, sir. But I think I'm allowed <laughs> to do this once a month. Okay, just just throw out a ridiculous thing. Because here's the thing with creator draft picks. These are not paid for. They're not sponsored. Mm -hmm. These are things we have we actually use. So exactly. I am not ashamed that my pick, <laughs> speaking of terrible acronyms and letters and names, is the <laughs> QNAP TVS 672XT 6Bay NAS Enclosure. Good. Okay, that's a lot. You got through that. <laughs> okay. So QNAP is letter Q-N-A-P. Uh, they're a manufacturer, and they make these storage enclosures uh, mm -hmm. for hard drives. And what they have built here with the TVS series is essentially you can have this enclosure that ships to you that has software built in and you buy your own SATA hard drives. So you go to like an electronic store or online, you order these SATA hard drives, right? You throw them in and the software will point you to um, this dashboard that you go onto your web browser, you type in the IP address, you have this connected to your internet at home and you manage this thing and you can make it do a bunch of things. You can just treat it as like a place to dump everything. The way I have mine set up is it has six bays. So in each one, I have a 16, I believe it's a 16 terabyte or something, something crazy. I actually forgot it. I think it's tw <laughs> no, 12 terabytes per bay. So 12 times six in yeah. each drive set up in a RAID 1 array. And what that does gives me a little bit of protection in case one of the drives fails. More importantly, I have it so that it's also backing up my content 
online to Backblaze ah, as well. That's so key. let me just let's talk. Let's move away from the product. Let's just talk about what this serves. I now have a giant storage at home that's connected to my internet. That's also housing, you know, all my photography and important videos. But mm -hmm. when I'm asleep, it's also backing that up to the cloud on its own. I don't have to manage that. Mm -hmm. There's software on the actual hard drive itself that's keeping that up to date with respect to firmware updates, security, and making sure my content is backed up. So I know that's a lot. But for some of you that are thinking about, okay, I keep buying these hard drives. I keep filling them up. I need to find a more permanent solution, something that's a little bit more expandable. Um, mm -hmm. Look into QNAP. Uh, this might not be for everyone, but for professionals especially, going through the research, putting in the time, the effort to build this, this to set this thing up, it was incredibly worth it for me. I set it up uh, December of 2020 and been using it ever since. No issues at all. Works like a charm. And uh, yeah, that's my creator draft pick for this week. And with that, Anthony, we're done. We're done That's another it. episode. We're done another episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, whatever podcast app of choice. And if you can, leave a review for us on iTunes because it does help people find the show. As always, my name's Gadgen. His name's Anthony. And we'll see you next time. Take care.